Welcome to the Night Nerd Podcast. I'm your host, Lance, and uh, we're still we're still figuring things out. You know, we're coming back from this break. Um, still waiting on the studio. Should hopefully be there soon. And once that happens, I've talked about we're going to do more like YouTube stuff, have more of a variety show type thing with more guests. But after talking about the Batman last week, it just it was like riding a bicycle. Uh, but I'm not very good at riding a bicycle. So let me say something about my podcasting ability. I don't know. Uh, but I just want to hit the ground running, you know, I want to keep doing this. I want to keep bringing y'all stuff. Uh, thank you for everybody who tuned in and shared and talked about last episode, our first one back in like seven or eight months. Um, y'all seem to like it. I liked it because I like the Batman and we're going to kind of spin off of that today. Uh, we're going to talk about a, a new feature that I want to do focusing on comic book characters and with the Batman. I want to talk about the Penguin. You know, a lot of people put the Joker in that top spot as Batman's number one villain. And I agree with that. You know, he's definitely the most iconic. And everybody has their favorite Joker, you know. Oh, I love Jared Leto's. I love Heath Ledger. I love Jack Nicholson. Uh, you know, whoever it may be. I love that Joker. It pretty much it's almost as divisive as people and their favorite Batman actor, which I think there's something there to be said, you know, that these characters are so iconic that if you don't do it the way somebody thinks, then they're not going to like it. But I don't think that's true across the board. And I, I think the Penguin is, proves that. Now, a lot of people meaning internet list and things, put the Penguin as like number two or at least top five Batman villain uh, consistently. You know, when I think top Batman villains, Riddler's up there, Catwoman, obviously. I mean, I would probably put Catwoman as number two. And don't, uh, Tom King, if you're listening, like, I know you made her, like, not a villain, but still a villain and. Uh, so any King fans, like I, I know she's walks the line, but when she's a villain, she is Batman's number two villain, uh, hands down. I'd also put the Riddler up there, you know, super iconic. Uh, you're seeing a pattern from 66 Batman here. Although Mr. Freeze is somebody that deserves to be talked about, uh, mostly because of the animated series and the way they redid his origin. I have always kind of half-jokingly said that Superman is one of Batman's greatest villains just because of their dynamic. You know, it's not always friendly. I mean, recently, they've leaned more into the, the buddy team-up, we're both dad type thing. But, you know, for the longest time, they were frenemies, I feel like. Um, and I, You know, I, I think they still kind of are because Superman knows that if something happens and he goes rogue, that Batman's going to be the one that takes him down. And Batman knows that too. And I don't think Batman has a problem with that. So that's a an interesting dynamic that I, I would love to see somebody better than me explore. Um, but if not, you know, maybe we'll explore it too. There, there's all these great people in Batman's rogues gallery. You know, it's just hard. I mean, Two-Face is good, especially if you look at, like, the version that has the history with Batman or with Bruce. You know, seeing that, uh, the Harvey Dent story stuff. Um, Red Hood, when he's a bad guy, I think is a great, even Hush, you know, Hush is, is really great. But, so why is Penguin in that number two spot? You know, why do people put him up there? 
is it the longevity? You know, that should have something to do with it. Let, let's take a quick look at Penguin's, you know, life story. This is your life, Mr. Cobblepot. So, Penguin first debuted in December of 1941. Detective Comics 58. So that's still pretty early in the Batman run. Like, it was still Bill Finger and Bob Kane, the people who created Batman. So, working on the book. Um, so, you know, he has that very visceral tie, that legacy tie with Batman. You know, they've been around forever. And I think that is... Uh, that's one of the reasons, you know, that he's there because... He debuted not too long after Joker, you know, and all these villains at the time. Um, his story has changed over the years. You know, pre-crisis, like in Golden Age, he started off as just a thug who was really smart and wanted to, like, he did these crimes to prove to the mob that he could join them and do their crimes. That's what he was trying to do. And then he ended up killing the mob boss and taking over the mob. But he just kept doing gimmicky which, the Golden Age, you know, that's what they did. They did gimmicky stuff. Him, Riddler, Joker, they all... Uh, that, that was the time. So it was it was okay. Then in the Silver Age, he gets uh, a little more mature. And when I say mature, I don't mean, like, violence mature. Because in the Golden Age, you know, they kill people. No problem. They pop up and done. And he did kill a lot of people. But he got more mature as far as, like, his backstory. Where... We learned more uh, because by the Silver Age, people wanted to know these characters and where they came from and what they were doing. So this is like we find out, oh, well, when he was a kid, he's always kind of been short and a little overweight and had the nose and the strange way he walked and stuff. And this is where we get the, the mother angle, that his mother was overprotective of him and uh, how that affected him. But then after post-crisis, the big reset, well, first big reset, I guess we should say, he's, now we get more like the uh, Danny DeVito style one where he was part of this upper crust and part of society and uh, did, did everything right, but was different, so they kicked him out. So he... Wanted to maintain that status and be, you know, still be the gentleman criminal. Uh, and it's, this is where we also get like the Iceberg Lounge coming into play. You know, he's running a business and stuff. Then in the next reboot, in the New 52, he's more or less the same. The Iceberg Lounge now has a casino in it, because why not? And uh, he's more of a... He's not a thug villain, you know. He he's plans these crimes and commits these crimes, but really tries not to get his hands dirty a whole lot, uh, and kind of runs the criminal underworld, as it were. And then in Rebirth, he hasn't done a whole lot, which is weird because Rebirth has been, you know, what six years ago now, and I mean he pops up here and there, but hasn't had that big moment. He had a fun little storyline in Harley Quinn about running a superhero brothel and want to take over Coney Island and stuff. But that that was it. Uh, and that's, you know, his, his story is always about him being smart. And I, I think that's interesting because versus all of 
well, almost all of Batman's other villains, you know, this is something that people hit on a lot, that Penguin is sane. Now, again, I know you can get in the whole, well, Joker is so sane that he's insane, or he's so sane that he knows what's going on. That's, I'm going to go with, I don't know. Uh, but traditionally, most of Batman's villains are insane. And then you have the Penguin who's saying he's just a businessman, a mobster, but not like the Carmine Falcones or uh, the, those type. You know, he's that bridge between mobster and supervillain. That, I think, also makes that lasting appeal. You know, that makes him more enjoyable because you can tell either type of story. You know, is he just going to commit some crimes and stuff and... Blackmail some people. Yeah, he could do that. Is he going to hold the city hostage and like threaten to unleash penguins with bombs on them? Yeah, you could do that too. You know, there's a lot of stories that you can tell with the penguin that, uh, depending on the creative team, that is, is going to be really enjoyable. So that could speak to his longevity as well and his appeal. You know, there's just all these little things about him that make him awesome going back to talking about the the actors you know there's really not been a bad person that has portrayed the penguin in, in his whole time you know you go all the way back to um, 66 batman with burgess meredith even before burgess meredith the role was originally offered to spencer tracy like academy award winning Friggin' amazing actor, uh, Spencer Tracy. He actually turned it down because he would only take it if he could kill Batman. That is the rumor. So, obviously that's not going to happen. So, it went to Burgess Meredith, another insanely gifted actor uh, who was always up for it. You know, a good challenge and everything. There's a rumor that actually, I'm pretty sure it's fact, is that the creative team at Batman, the 66 Batman, always had an extra script on hand for Burgess Meredith. There was always a Penguin story because they loved him so much, the fans loved him so much, everybody loved him so much that if he wanted, you know, if he wanted to stop by and do a show, they, they had one for him, which is crazy. You know, you think you also had... Um, Back then, you had, like, Cesar Romero as the Joker. Again, the Joker, Batman's most iconic villain, didn't didn't have a standby. Uh, the Riddler didn't have a standby. None of the Catwomen. So, that's really cool, too. You know, even from back then, they realized, like I was talking about, you can do all these things with Penguin. And then, just all throughout his television history, you know... If you look at animation on the Adventures of Batman and the Scooby-Doo movies and things, it was Ted Knight from Mary Tyler Moore and Caddyshack and Love Boat. And, you know, he's, again, another amazingly iconic actor. And then in the animated series, you had Paul Williams, who's an Academy Award-winning uh, songwriter, but also an amazing actor, come in and do the voice for some episodes. If you're like, hmm, I think I know Paul Williams. He, this is a guy who wrote an old-fashioned love song for Three Dog Night. 
he wrote, We've Only Just Begun for the Carpenters, Fill Your Heart for David Bowie, um, wrote The Rainbow Connection for the Muppets, like all these wonderful, wonderful songs. And then he was like, well, I'm going to be an actor too. And he's been, he was a piano player in the Muppet movie, like the original Muppet movie. And he, you'd recognize him if you saw him. So that's awesome. And then you also had um, David Ogden Steers voice Penguin as well, who was on MASH. He was on the first season of Two Guys, A Girl in the Pizza Place. Um, he was a bad guy in Pocahontas. You know, he's, again, uh, Cogsworth, Beauty and the Beast. You know, an iconic, iconic actor. And what I think is, even so far, you know, just talking about these, they've all kind of brought a different take to the Penguin. Um, other animated ones, like in The Batman, you had, in the animated The Batman, not the live action The Batman, Tom Kinney, Spongebob himself. So that's, and you know, The Batman was a different take on everybody, but the pink one was, was pretty cool there too. You know, he had the, the girls knew the martial arts and were replaced, uh, in Batman Brave and the Bold, Stephen Root, you know, from, well... Office Space, that's where most people know him, and uh, King of the Hill, Jersey Girl, Dodgeball, you know, Penguin there. You also got some performances from Dana Snyder, who, if there's a cartoon you liked, he's been on it. Probably where I know him best from is his Master Shake from Aqua Teen. Um, going back to some live action in Gotham, which I know Gotham is super divisive. It shouldn't be. It's a good show. You know, it's a different Batman continuity. I tell people to watch it as like the origin of Owlman instead of Batman, which is all the same characters are just spun. But Robin Lord Taylor as Oswald Cobblepot on that show, seeing him make that journey over the five seasons was just great. You know, I would... He was probably the best show, part of that show. Uh, yeah, I would say he was probably the best part of that show. Him and the Riddler character. But, you know, seeing Penguin gain con confidence and become this villain and just everything was amazing. Like, Batman was the worst part of that show. Literally every other character was was better than Batman. Um, but, hey, that's, that's okay. And then, uh, let's see. In Harley Quinn, Wayne Knight. You know, Newman from Seinfeld and Jurassic Park and Third Rock from the Sun and hundreds of other great shows is is the Penguin. Does a phenomenal job. And then, of course, in the live action, The Batman, we get Colin Farrell. And the great, I mean, I mentioned him earlier, but the great Danny DeVito, you know, played... Him in Batman Returns back in 92. So there's no shortage of phenomenal Batman actors. And I think with that, you know, uh, that that makes it where you can't say, oh, well, this Penguin's better. I mean, even some of the lesser known ones, like Lenny Weinrib was the voice of Penguin in, um, in some of the new adventures of Batman stuff. Well, he was H.R. Puffin stuff. He was Grimace. He was Inchi Private Eye. He was Scrappy-Doo. Again, huge name. Um, 
and the upcoming Gotham Knights video game. Elias Tofexis, 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 I don't know, he's Canadian, is, is going to play Penguin. And while you may not recognize him, he was the main character in Deus Ex Human Revolution. He was Ezio's brother in the Assassin's Creed games. Um, he's played some role in almost all Assassin's Creed games, which is really cool. Uh, he was Takar in Far Cry Primal. I mean, dude has been in so many things, um, almost all the Tom Clancy games. So I'm really curious to see what he brings to the role, you know, being a video game actor. I mean, he's done some live action and stuff too. Um, he was on like Smallville, Supernatural, The Collector, things like that. But yeah, there's no bad Penguin actors. So what what does that mean though? Because I know when we look at the Joker, there are people who are like, oh, I hate Jared Leto or oh, Jack Nicholson was just Jack Nicholson in makeup, blah, blah, blah. Cesar Romero was too over the top. Um, there, There's people who don't like certain ones, but I've never heard somebody say, because even people who trash Gotham, they're like, ah, that Penguin guy's kind of cool. So, again, what is the appeal? That's what we're trying to figure out here. I, I think it's all the above, in all honesty. You know, you look at a character who you can tell so many different stories with. You know, a lot of these characters, um, I saw a thing on Matt Rosenberg's Substack. He was talking about the monkeys in a typewriter, which if you don't know that theory, there's this theory that if you put a group of monkeys in a room with a typewriter and gave them infinite time, eventually one of them would type word for word Hamlet or some Shakespeare play, you know, um, some people say Hamlet, some Macbeth, but whatever. And Matt was talking about how the flip of that you know, there's only so many, like, Batman stories you can tell. People have been telling them for almost a decade, or a century, sorry, way more than a decade. Almost a century. And with these Penguin stories, you know, you there, there's more options there. You know, usually Joker, you're kind of limited. Catwoman, you're kind of limited. Riddler, you're super limited. That's why you only saw Riddler a few times in the animated series. Because the writers had trouble writing all his clues and gimmicks and things. So they they couldn't use him very often. But Penguin, like I said, you, the doors are wide open. You can do whatever you want. Um, as we're sitting here talking, I'm like, oh, man, I, could, I think maybe I could come up with a cool big Penguin story, you know, that we haven't got to see. Um, so that that's part of the appeal. The longevity of the character, you know, being around since 1941 is pretty impressive. There have been hundreds of just Batman characters that have come and gone in that time that nobody cares about. Uh, you know, you get some people like, oh, no, I love that person. That's my But not like the Penguin. You look at the actors that have portrayed him. Not a bad one in, in the run. You know, so I, I think Penguin is this nice little perfect mix of everything. And that's... That's why I think he's one of the top DC villains. Now, is he Batman's number one villain? No, that's the Joker. But I think the Penguin is a villain that you could put into a Flash story. You could put into a Green Arrow story. Matter of fact, I would love to see him in a Green Arrow story. Uh, if that's happened, let me know. If you know of the Penguin showing up in a Green Arrow story, I would love to read it. But because he is very fluid, you know, 
you could put him in a Superman suit. You could put him anywhere, and it would work. You could you could do whatever, and I think we're going to see that because they announced that um, I believe next year that we're getting a a spinoff for the Penguin with Colin Farrell. That's going to be on HBO Max, so that'll be a whole lot of fun. Uh, more more Penguin stories. You know, I'm all for that. I I think him being sane is another appeal and also i think when you look at him from the angle of he was bullied you know these other people may have been like bullied or ridiculed or or whatever but for random reasons but you have a guy here who he's a little overweight other kids made fun of him he talked a little funny the other kids made fun of him and other grown-ups too i think there are a lot a lot a lot of us out there who can relate to that, you know, like, oh man, you know, I got picked on because I, I couldn't, I had trouble with S's or I got picked on because I, I was a little overweight, a little underweight. And I, it makes him, now, I, I don't think villains should be sympathetic necessarily. Um, I don't think villains need redemption arcs ever. Well, not ever, but not as often as it happens. But it lets you kind of relate to the character a little more. So you're like, okay, you know, what what made him take that step? What made him do these horrible things? The oh, okay, well I see how that works out. So it, it can almost be you know a crime doesn't pay story. Like yeah, you got bullied, but so did the penguin. Look how that turned out. Like he's getting his face kicked in all the time. Don't don't succumb to that. But people can relate to part of it. So you know there there's another thing. I just I think the penguin is so overlooked i know we talked about you know him being the number two batman villain but that shadow that the joker cast is so deep and so dark both literally and figuratively that you know it's it's a distant second and like i said you could argue all these other villains are in there that's why i think penguin is just a good all-around villain not a batman villain just a good comic book villain and I, I'm hoping that this Colin Farrell role uh, or adaptation, however you want to say it, will get us some more Penguin stories. Will get us, you know, new cool Penguin content in the comics, not just the show. I, I think it'll be really interesting to see. You know, talking about it, like I kind of want to go back and watch some Gotham because the Penguin is it's so great in that show. I I want to know though, who is your favorite Penguin? You know, we're, we're going to put that to the test. We're going to find out. I'm going to post this on Facebook and stuff. I'm going to ask everyone there, too, because I, I want to know. I want to see if it's one of the animated versions, if it's Burgess Meredith, if it's Danny DeVito, Colin Farrell, you know, whoever it may be. And why? You know, out of all these things we talked about, is this one of the reasons that you love the Penguin? Is there another reason? Please let me know, because... This character, for as long as he's been around, for as many stories as it's been told, for as many stories as it t- could be told, I feel like fans don't talk about him enough. You know, you have, like, Clayface. I love Clayface. Clayface gets more talk and chatter uh, because he has a cool power, you know? Penguin doesn't have any powers. He's not, again, he's not insane. Like, he's just a guy with some problems that takes it to the extreme. And that's, to me, that's really fascinating. It's, it's literally been weighing on my mind 
since I got done recording last week. So that's why I wanted to come out and talk to you about it and, and see what you thought. But also let me know if you like this new, like kind of looking at a character and looking at all their roles and why, what makes them important. I don't have a name for it yet. You know, character counts is what they do at my kid's school. Like to talk about be responsible, be caring and da da da. I, I don't think that applies here. So, uh, I don't know. We'll figure out. Let, give me a suggestion for that. You can let me know in the comments below. But, yeah, favorite penguin. Answer in the comments below. Answer on the Facebook post. Email me, nightnerd at thenightnerd.com. Also, make sure to go check out my Substack, thenightnerd.substack.com. It's a free and will always be free newsletter um, where I go on weekly rants and stuff. Like last week, I talked about how awesome Dr. Seuss is and gave some personal stories about Dr. Seuss and Texas Independence Day. It was it was a lot of fun. But hope you enjoyed it. Let me know about the penguin. That's going to do it for me today. Again, my name is Lance. Thank you all so much for listening, and we will see you next time.